pledge allegiance to the band. It may perhaps discourage you, unless of your kidney or infected with this vicious virus, that you'll be ordered to pay a fine of seventy-five pounds. I'll pay now, go boy. Just make ten louder and make ten be the top number and make that a little louder. These guys would have it. Welcome to Movies That Rock, a rock and roll journey through cinema. I'm your host, Josh Fitzgerald, and today, returning to the show to talk about a fantastic movie called Footloose, are my friends Mary Layton from the Hall Watchers podcast, and returning co-host, who's I consider a rotating Movies That Rock co-host, Mr. Nick Bamback. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> We're, we're we're all a little bit punchy tonight. It's been a very long week. <laughs> oh my god, where did I we know. begin? Poor yeah. Josh <laughs> has invited us back, assaulted with our conversation. <laughs> oh, it's like therapy. It's cheaper than it therapy. is kind of like group therapy. Yeah, it really than, is. Really cheaper than group therapy. <laughs> we've all we've all. It's Friday night. We've all hit the whatever the beverage of our choices are, and <laughs> water, right? For me, it's water. I, 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 the hard stuff has already been, that's finished for the evening. I'm so. drinking water for the moment, but I am going to angry dance out my feelings later. I love it. That's In an abandoned too. factory. Somewhere. Right, right, right. Right. So the song never. Well, you gotta, you gotta cut loose, Mary. Yes. <laughs> so yes, if you haven't picked up on it, friends, we're talking about Footloose today. And this was my first time seeing it. I was a Footloose virgin. And, Me um, too. Yeah. This was I Mary's know. suggestion. Well, so the two of you like to do this thing called Make Mary Feel 900 Years Old. And <laughs> I was appalled that you hadn't seen this movie. And I thought you guys might like it. It's just fun. It's not going to change your life, but it's a fun movie. And I feel like it should be required watching. I think it was funny yeah. when you mentioned it, Mary, because we both... You mentioned Footloose randomly in a, in a conversation, and then we, we both didn't get the reference. And you're like, wait, didn't you see Footloose? And we're like, uh, no. And you're like, oh, no, stop what you're doing. we got to watch <laughs> Footloose. And then it inspired Josh to ask us, like, hey, let's uh, talk about Footloose. And I said, sure, why not? My favorite moment of the whole conversation was the way the conversation was like brutally murdered so abruptly at the end because I made some kind of offhand comment saying, oh, it would be fun if we actually watched and compared the, the original and the new one. <laughs> there was the loud murmur of crickets like, <laughs> response. No. Like, obviously, that's not going to be what they want to do. I remember seeing so. <laughs> the trailers for the 2011 one when at a movie theater and I was just like, why is this even existing? Like, it has nothing. Like, what is it doing? Josh, didn't you take one for the team and watch like part of the the newer one? Like... I did. I'll 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 jump the gun a little bit and, and tell right. everybody that I did watch both movies, uh, I, and I'll just throw this out since we're here to talk about the original movie. Is that the second one was not unbearably bad? I didn't actively dislike it or hate it. It was just kind of pointless. Yeah, you know, I didn't really understand why they felt the need to do it. And it was much like the, the Gus Van Zandt remake of Psycho, which was basically frame by frame remake. It wasn't right. to that level, but it was the same kind of beat by beat thing with just some updated music. And so it, the whole, the whole, um, you know, <laughs> the, yeah. the whole thing really felt needless and not really worth your time. So I was right is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you were right. Yeah. Wait a second, Mary, what are you wrong? 
<laughs> I mean, never, basically. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wait, we can't ask Eric that. No, I'm joking. So I'm oh. I'm eager. <laughs> yeah, we won't go there. I'm always wrong. Um, no, so I'm eager, but also nervous to hear how you both felt about the movie. Okay, well, um, real quick, let me let me just do a little a quick intro about the movie. And I, I'm sure most listeners are familiar with Footloose, at least have heard the name in passing. Like, obviously, the the soundtrack is iconic. The movie mm-hmm. is, you know, pretty revered. And um, so uh, just a little background. The movie came out in 1984, directed by Herbert Ross. And it was a star-making vehicle for the one and only Mr. Kevin Bacon. And um, we'll, we'll be talking about him at length, I'm sure. So as far as reaction to the movie, I don't want to go first because I'm the host. I'd like to hear from you guys first. So what what are some general thoughts? Mary, I know you've, you've been watching this movie for much of your life, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, this was a huge movie for me. Um, and I identify very closely with it because mm-hmm. I came from a town exactly like the one that's depicted in the movie. And if you think that towns like that are unrealistic or it was made for Hollywood, it is not, (laughs) I can assure you other than the dancing and the cute boys. um, (laughs) My my town was a a mirror of that without the dancing and the cute boys, but. So does it give new beat into let's hear it for the boys? Yes. (laughs) I had to import from California to get a cute boy. So I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh, Barry. How about you, Nick? What so, are your thoughts on Footloose? So I think it's really interesting because I didn't see Footloose until I guess a few nights ago. And I think my initial reaction to this is like it was made, I think, at the peak right of MTV. So it, I just kept thinking when I was watching this, it just seems like it's just one long music video in a way. Like it's just like song after song after song. And what really struck me really um, about this movie is that the songs that are used are so literal to what's going on in the action of the film or like what's going on in the story. So like when they're in the bar and it hurts so good, like it's being played and then waiting for a girl like you or holding out for a hero with the tractor scene. Like, it's just so like, you know what I mean? Like the music and the, on the nose, like almost like to a fault almost yeah. because it's like, you know, and it's weird. Cause the music's non diegetic. So like, you know, you don't hear it really except for, I think dancing in the sheets when they're in the diner, which by the way, that song <laughs> is so powerful. Shalomar, who by the way, ripped off 1989. I mean, it's kind of obvious when you, when you listen to it. <laughs> Didn't um, every song in 1984 rip Prince off in some way? Or well, yes, I think so. Because, you know, Prince was like a musical genius and I yeah. love him to death. Yeah. But it's like, it's a song so powerful. Bad choice of words. John, John Lithgow's Prince's character can hear it. <laughs> And no, stop. that's my favorite part. Like when Eric and I were watching it back, I'm like, this must be some powerful boombox. Like the cook, like can hear <laughs> yeah. it back in the kitchen. All the chicks in the bathroom can hear it. Like everybody right, right. in this whole like diner can hear this. We song crank this up to eleven. <laughs> I just love that. Like there's like the kids like street dancing and like in, I the, loved in the parking it. lot, and I was just like, oh my god, this is everything. Like, you it really want. no, it's so good. It's too good. Oh no, stop! My favorite one is when Christopher Penn learns how to dance. Like I think yeah. that. That's my favorite scene ever yeah. because well not ever but like in this movie because i just love how like it's like this you know song that's very feminine as mary said in a conversation yes. yeah it's a very feminine song and you're you're seeing these two guys um you know 
acting manly, but then they're also like dancing, and it's just... it's so funny you say that because I had a similar reaction. I kept thinking of of all things West Side Story, yes. because yeah. because that shows like these these like street toughs who are trying to you know you know trying to be threatening in the streets while they're also doing plies down the sidewalk, and it looks like <laughs> the most ridiculous thing ever. But 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 you're right. It, but it was it was I it was cute. I, I liked it. But you could totally see this being played on MTV and like. Yeah. 80s because it's like just yeah. one big music video it was very movie. montage heavy oh absolutely and that, that it's like that and that's especially really prevalent of 80s cinema is like that just emphasis on montages and music and mm-hmm. stories and i think in a way it's a movie that i feel you know on the on the surface you would think like this is like such a corny store story in many ways and like it's just like it can't be real i think there are a lot of towns like in Footloose. I mean, yeah, they probably don't ban dancing like the town they did, even though they really did. And I think Oklahoma was it, Mary? Like, Oklahoma yeah, it was, was in like Oklahoma. And like they banned dancing because, you know, it's the devil's music of rock and roll. And that's really like, you know, impacted our lives, at least the three of us in a bad way. Um, and but no, also, too, there was a pretty good, um, a pretty distinct reason as to why they banned dancing in that specific town because of the, the big accident that had taken place and they they blamed a lot of that on the you know on the yeah, irresponsibility like, of, the, of the kids who were out dancing and everything like that and you know what i mean absolutely i mean in my hometown so it's predominantly a baptist and pentecostal and dancing is most definitely like a no-no um by the mm-hmm. time i was in school we did have school dances and stuff but in my aunt's era like they did not so mm-hmm. I, I mean it was just very very frowned upon we had tons of chaperones at these dances and it wasn't you know like it was serious like chaperoning to make sure like that this sinful rock and roll did not uh Mm-hmm. cause corruption which it did anyways right. but <laughs> I, I love when they say like oh that big city uh that you came from uh yeah they don't they, they don't like that around here and it, it, it's kind of true though like he's like very arrogant the ren character played by kevin yeah. bacon and he's like you know i don't he's just like this rebellious teen and like you could totally see like how that would become popular with the audience almost like how movies like rebel without a cause or you know, like the, those kind of like vehicles of challenging the norm or establishment. Well, I think one of my favorite scenes too that I kind of like, I you know, just rewatching it. This caught me like when they're like the the stuffy religious people are complaining about Slaughterhouse Five and oh my god, it's a yes. terrible book. And he's like, oh yeah, it's a great <laughs> book. Like, <laughs> it just and but he was just like oh well like what's the big deal like this is you know of course it's a great book and of course it's an important book but not to these not small, in this town mary not in this town <laughs> i was like oh okay it's just a book you know what's a classic is mark twain's what what was it was Ooh, it huckleberry yeah. oh it's huck fan yeah, yeah it's huck fan so. and yeah. yeah or no tom sawyer no they say yeah. tom sawyer and like because i was like it's one of the two and like and i just kept thinking like that's also like kind of weird because i always feel like that's in like a lot of high school curriculums like when you go to english classes like do you read like the traditional stuff or like the more edgier stuff i think so it I, depends on what kind of teacher you have i know when you get a radical you get a slaughterhouse you get the vonnegut yeah well, my mom was an English teacher, so she didn't, like, the one thing she didn't have boundaries with were books. Like, I could read, like, she thought Bon Jovi was satanic, but I could read, like, anything <laughs> I wanted. Uh, so, well, she like, was right. 
Nice. Yeah. <laughs> she was living it's on her, a prayer. Mary. It certainly <laughs> felt that way when I was sitting in that ceremony. Um, <laughs> it's like, mom, you were right. Yeah. Uh, but no, like I was reading Catcher in the Rye when I was very young. Like I read mm. Lady Chatterley's Lover, like she didn't bat an eye. Oh, wow. like, but yeah, it's like, wait a minute. But I can't have my my Firehouse and Nelson tapes. I don't know the the movie is just amazing in some ways because it really um, I don't know I just identify closely with it. Yeah, I will say that I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. It's super Good, watchable. Yay. It's super fun. Um, I mean, it's really dopey and corny in places as as I was expecting, but it wasn't like. There was never a moment in the film where I, I was like rolling my eyes or cringing or anything like that. It, it's it, it's an ex- extremely charming. There, there wasn't. I mean, like the like the scenes where like you know that that she gets assaulted by the guy like that. Like those are some of the scenes that were so, oh, so charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was just like so take it back because you know I mean you you don't expect that in like this like musical drama. Like, right. Yeah, that's it's true. Just like yeah. whoa, but yeah. I, it- it definitely has its moments where it's like it goes from like cotton candy fluff to like serious real quick, you know. That's true. Yeah, or that's like a when, good point. Or like when John Lithgow uh, slaps the daughter, you're like, yeah, like like shit got real for a minute. Yeah, and I know you both loved the the truck scene. Oh no, that gave me oh. anxieties. And I, I really like. I I had to actually pause the movie and like <laughs> get a glass of water after that because that was so. <laughs> And it's in the first 10 minutes of the movie. I'm like, what is, what is this movie I'm watching? Is this whole thing going to be like this? I think it, I, you know, I kept thinking I, after uh, you said that Josh the other day was mm-hmm. this would be you. If you went to like an ABBA reunion concert, you'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> the girl, like <laughs> Oh my God. Get their name tattooed on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that cracks me up about that scene that I hadn't noticed before is the douchey boyfriend like has a Pink Floyd and a Grateful Dead sticker on his truck. And it's sort of like the fan bases of neither of those are like jive with this guy, (laughs) especially Grateful Dead. Yeah, he did not strike me as a Pink Floyd fan. Like you're really going to listen to this 50 minute prog rock album, you know, it's (laughs) Or this, like, um, hippie folk music of uh, right. yeah, Grateful Dead. But, like, like it, it struck me as, like, some, like, producer was like, this is what the kids like. We're just going right, to stick right. these bumper stickers on this truck. Or, like, Hank Williams Jr. or something like that. <laughs> but I feel like it might be more in step with. Well, that was one thing <laughs> Eric oh was Lord. talking about, like, the bar scene where, um, you know, the kids go over and they're, they go to this yeah. country bar. Like, it's all, like, contemporary music, like, for that right, time. John Mellencamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, like, Kenny Loggins. Yeah. It's like, that, yeah. I was thinking that yesterday when I was watching it because the soundtrack is so iconic and the Kenny Loggins title track is so beloved and iconic. And I was thinking to myself, laughing, and, like, imagine them in the producer's room pitching this idea for this dancing movie about the joy, the love of dancing and how they can be so freeing and liberating. And they're like, who can we get to record a, 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 a hit song about dancing? I know Kenny Loggins. <laughs> <laughs> like who thought that would be so that would be a good idea, but it, whoever did was a genius because it worked amazingly well. And it's an iconic song. Well, and, um, Nick and I were talking about this last night, like the soundtrack, it's very diverse 
yeah, in a way. And the scenes that they use, it's interesting to me because, like, if they did a movie like that with that tractor, you know, where they're having the chicken thing with the tractor, like, they would play, like, Ozzy's Crazy Train or something, like, super manly and high octane, <laughs> but they're playing Bonnie Tyler and, like, I'm here for every minute of it. But, like, the movie, like, it's it's good in that way. Like, they use a lot of female kind of songs in yeah. areas where it would normally be like some testosterone kind of ridden thing. Right, right, right. Definitely. And that that's pretty refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, there's no like and I love like Willard and Rent's friendship, you know, like yeah. it's not it's you really know, they're heartwarming. Just, oh, they're it just, really is. Like I love those two together for some reason. Yeah. Chris Penn is so great in the oh, movie. Oh my and... god, he's my favorite character by a mile in this. Mine as well. Yeah, I was Cute saying, as a like yeah, he sort of is like the redneck Spicoli. Like he kind of, you can tell, like he picked up pointers from Sean with Spicoli for this character, but just like a country version. I didn't know that was Sean Penn's brother until two thirds of the way into the movie, and it was oh like really? A yeah, because he was yeah. so like slim um, mm-hmm. and healthy of that movie. But yeah, he's so great. Oh, Rest I, in peace, poor, poor Chris Penn. I know. Yeah, he had such a, um, he had like a lot of substance abuse issues and it was just, yeah. it's, it's yeah. so sad because like he was so great in this movie because his character is like a supporting role like Second Banana, but he does mm. it so well. And I think that, you know, you kind of do care about him and like, you know, oh, even 100%. like when he first, even like when he first sees him, like it could go totally in the opposite direction because I think. Didn't he like run into him in the hallway? Yeah, they bumped eas- shoulders. And- yeah, yeah, like it could have easily went, you know, like that he was going to be like this asshole um, Midwestern guy or whatever. Well, well, only assholes use the word pansy. <laughs> that is true, Josh. If you ever hear the word pansy. I love pansy, that line. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> but, um, Sorry. No, but like, you know, and then they have this friendship and it's just like, it's nice. Like, the, you know. Yeah. They're just and- bros hanging out listening to Denise Williams, you know. Big. yeah it, and that ugly little green beetle that he had oh my god oh it's so ugly one oh thing god. i was not prepared for was the amount of nudity in this movie <laughs> what is this rated again because they're like supposed <laughs> to be in high school and they and they're you know like josh they, they made me a little look, uncomfortable they are not high school age at all in this i know it's like the 80s and 70s 80s 90s but Lord, like, I think, like, in the real life, I think it was, like, Diane Weiss was, like, 11 or 12 years older than Ariel. Like, it's, and, right. and, and John Lithgow's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Can yeah. we just have a moment of appreciation for Diane Weiss and, like, how amazing oh, yes. she is? I just love her so much. Two-time Oscar winner. I know. Oh, we really? Love her. Yeah, she won for Hannah Sisters and, I think, Bolts Over Broadway. They're both Woody Allen movies that um, oh, no she kidding. starred in. Um, but, yeah, like, I love her so much. She's, like, one of the unsung heroes of like supported actors like i love yeah. her so much i love like when they had the town meeting and stuff like she essentially tells everybody to sit down and let ren have his say like otherwise <laughs> they would have just not allowed him to speak at all right, in this meeting right. so and he was really prepared he well, did his homework well josh you know what happened right real life you know kevin bacon hates public speaking like that's one of his fears that he has you know he had to do to hmm. go up there even in the movie he had to take valium no kidding really mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah. Wow. He had he had to take it because he was so nervous. Because I guess he, huh. he has a fear of public speaking. Wow. I have to do that before I record every podcast. <laughs> no, but like I don't know. And then like with get back to Diane Weiss for a second. Like she's so great because she's so um, reserved in this world. Like it's she's she's just there. But then 
that's the turning point of the movie is when she like speaks up and says, yeah, let Ren have his say. Well, and also when she stands up to John Lithgow and she's like, look, mm. I've been a, a really good minister's wife. I haven't, you know, made a fuss. Like I show up to everything. I've been, you know, right. subservient and you suck right now, basically. Right. I love that you line know. how she says, you know, you're, you're a really good minister. When you speak, you lift the congregation. You, you lift the congregation so high they're looking down at heaven. Yeah. But you need work on your people skills. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And can we just get the cat out of the bag, too? Oh, my goodness. So John Lithgow was, what, like, 37 or 38 when he made this movie? Yeah. He looks yeah. like he looks like 50, like in his 50s. <laughs> yeah. Even, yeah. like, in his 20s. Like, he just looks old, no matter what age right. he's in. Even now when he's, like, 80, he still looks 50. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, like, the hair. There's something with the hair, yeah. I think, for some reason. But, yeah, like, I kept thinking to myself, like, how old is John Lithgow? And then, like... I looked up, I'm like, no, he's like in his like thirties. Come on. But he was good at it. Like it was so over the top, his performance kind of, it's just like, but it's, but it's a good performance. See, I didn't feel that over the top energy with him. I thought, I mean, the character is definitely, it's, it's a broad kind of showy character, but I thought he played it pretty, I don't know about straight, but he played it pretty um, even keel. I thought as much as he could, given how it was written, I think. When he just, I never like thaw out on him like the entire movie because he's just a jerk. Like, I mean, he kind of yeah. pulls it together in the end, but he's just like so focused on his own grief. He's just kind of mm -hmm. like ruining his relationship with his wife and daughter, yeah. you know, in the process. Yeah. So I, I know we're a little, I'm a little late to this party, but I, I'm going to give a quick little story synopsis. So in Footloose, it's, um, Pardon me, in Footloose, you have Kevin Bacon, who is playing Ren, who is moving in with his aunt and uncle, uh, who are was, his uncle, of whom is a minister, played by the aforementioned John Lithgow. And um, basically, there's no dancing in the neighborhood at all. It's been banned. And so his school, um, he, he is shocked and appalled by this, and he's a dancer himself, and he wants to... Um, he wants to hold a dance, basically, to make a long story short. And, and so he falls in love with Ariel, and um, who is in her own abusive relationship. Yeah, and so it, and the movie basically chronicles his attempt, I guess, if you will, his battle to try and get dancing to be allowed and accepted into this town that he's in. The one thing I wish the movie had done, and it still bothers me, like they never really flesh out sort of like why Kevin Bacon and his mom are like are in this town. I never get a sense of like of whether the the uncle that they're living with is the mom's brother or brother-in-law. Mm. And like he kind of casually yeah. drops like his dad like left, but like there's like barely any detail. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna ask you that because I felt like there's like a few like plot plot holes or. Yeah. It's not like flushed out and you're just kind of like in the dark almost of why he is the way he is or how he ends up in this town because it kind of doesn't make sense in a weird way why he's there i mean like we know why he's there but like it just seems a little i mean i get this fill in the blank like you know his dad bounced and maybe the mom couldn't afford to live in chicago anymore so now they're yeah. in this pissant town that's like doesn't allow dancing um, and see and i thought maybe it was for disciplinary reasons like he was too much of a handful for her to handle so she's like i'm gonna set you on the street and narrow and send you out to your uncle who's a who's a minister he'll he'll show you the right way that was kind of what i maybe got from it a little bit i don't know it well, was, his like uncle you said, it was just enough. some regular dude. 
I think what's interesting um, is that do you guys know who was supposed to play this role, but then turned it down? It ended up being good for Kevin Bacon. Yes. I know, thank God, because, I mean, Kevin Bacon's way more tolerable than Tom Cruise. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think Rob Lowe was in the running, too, and was, like, pretty close to getting in and had to drop out due to an injury or something like that. Yeah, so, I don't know, like, um, it just wouldn't be the same movie, I don't think. Kevin Bacon has so much charisma. Yeah, and he's so likable, like. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, like, who doesn't like Kevin Bacon? Like, he's just, like, He's good. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I, I just, like, I can't stand Tom Cruise. It's, like, one of the few actors. Like, <laughs> right. I never understood his appeal. And I'm sorry for the Tom Cruise fans. <laughs> but, you know, he's just, I don't know. And every movie I like that has Tom Cruise in it, he's never the reason. Right. Like, never, yeah. ever. And it's, like, I probably count on one hand the number of Tom Cruise movies I like. Let's talk a little bit about Ariel and Laurie Singer. Yes. This, yeah. I I'm, I liked Laurie Singer. I thought she's, she's a, 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 in a very... She has a lot of screen presence. I didn't. I, I didn't think her acting performance was super great, but I, I thought she carried the, the character on her charm, which I thought was enough to be able to, yeah, to like it. Yeah. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but no, I could definitely see that. I mean, it's kind of a stereotypical like character in some ways. You know, it's this mm-hmm. woman who's like suffered this trauma, so she's acting out. You know, like yeah, this. Yeah um rebellious teen but really like there's this big reason behind it you know kind of a thing mm, yeah um, and then of course she has a douchey boyfriend you know that she's right. like clinging as a, to as her. every teenage girl in every movie does right. <laughs> obviously the physical abuse is horrible but i really hate the scene where it's like they've kind of you know obviously have been in the woods doing stuff they shouldn't be doing and you know she talks about how she wants to go off to college and he's mm-hmm. like you know, you're a small town as it comes, like, and essentially just puts her down, like, yeah. you know, that, no, she's never going to leave, and, like, she's not good enough for college, and, like, you know, that. You know, it's interesting, as, as you're, you're saying that, I'm thinking in my head, his gaslighting was so convincing and so powerful that it even gaslit me as an audience member into thinking, that, you know what I mean? Right, totally. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of scary. Um, so Laurie, Laurie Singer is actually kind of an interesting personality because she was a she didn't become an actress until later in her career. She was a very accomplished classical musician mm-hmm. and cellist. And um, like she had doctorates in music and went to Juilliard and she just decided that she wanted to try her hand in acting and landed this role and was also in fame, I believe. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it was, I thought that was kind of interesting. That was cool. That's really cool. Actually. I'm, well, yeah. I'm not sure that I was aware of that. And she did a lot of modeling as well. So and she she's very, very, very yeah, beautiful she's lady. beautiful. Yeah. Oh, also another person whose presence in this movie totally caught me off guard was Sarah Jessica Parker. I had yes, no clue she was in this. It startled Eric when we rewatched it. He's like, "Oh my god, like she's in this!" And like, yeah, she's so young and like you know has so has the brown like mm-hmm. you know really crazy curly hair. I love it. Who Rusty? Yes. Oh yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like the worst name ever. Like Rusty. Yeah, it like, it's like it's strikes, like come on. Strikes me as a, a nickname. <laughs> I hope. Oh, I, I hope so. I would hope so. If that was her real like her real name, the character's name, I would be like depressed. Um and it, <laughs> I'm sure she would, would be too. <laughs> probably. But Chris Penn would still, you know, go after her probably. Um but uh No, it's just interesting because I think that 
the director's wife didn't like her in the role like or something like that oh, really the, yeah because like i guess like she auditioned for the aerial part but didn't get it but then got that part and then like i guess the producers or and the wife of the director didn't like sarah jessica parker i don't know hmm. it's like it was it was a weird story but she got the last laugh because she was in sex and city and you know, oh she's she has, she's and iconic she, yeah and she's like you know a great great actress in that sense um but mm-hmm. you know it's just weird to see someone that would become famous later on you're like oh yeah that's just the sarah jessica parker yeah she's really likable in this movie it's almost like um predates the carrie bradshaw character a little bit mm-hmm. like she's you know very bubbly and well, she wasn't in a lot of the movie it was a pretty small role yeah we were but... talking about she kind of disappears from the second half of the movie until willard yeah. brings her to the prom at the end right right okay so we were talking about the bus scene that happened in the first 10 minutes where well it wasn't a bus scene it was more of the truck scene yeah where she is um giving Ariel's us anxiety <laughs> giving us anxiety because for those who may not have seen the movie there's a scene where she's driving in a car with her friends in the other lane um in the other lane, her boyfriend comes out and, it, 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 you know, it matches the speed of the other car. And so she basically crawls out of the window of the car, keeps her feet in the car, and grabs onto the, her boyfriend's car with her arms and is basically just, like, standing there like that as they're driving the car, racing towards this bus, this semi that's barreling towards them. And so... Finally, at the, the, the like the eleventh hour, at the final second, she hops into her boyfriend's car. <laughs> but then later in the movie, there's a scene with her and Ren, where she also where she's talking about how she she does this thing where she will stand in front of a bus with her or no, it's a train. The She'll train, stand on the yeah. train track with her boyfriend and like stand there and scream with her arms out and wait till the last possible second to run out of the way of the train. And I think, and I was wondering, is she like a daredevil? Is she like an adrenaline junkie? Is well, is he abusing her into doing that kind of behavior? Like, you know what I mean? I wasn't. I think I was after the death of that. her brother, she probably just kind of, it was almost like taunting death, you know, cause it's like mm. her brother just dies after going and having this good time. And they're like, you know, playing chicken on this bridge. This is how our brother like dies. Cause the cars go, into the Mm. water so it's almost like she's following suit like maybe there's like some kind of survivor's guilt or something like that was is what i take from it i take it that she was just rebellious in nature so she just wanted to be in control because she's not in control of her life and you Mm. know because if you notice like she she does it for i guess like a good 30 seconds the um the, the where she's like in between both cards and both her hands are in the air um, so I think it's just a way of going against the norm of what she, you know, is, is used to and the restrictions mm-hmm. of a strict household. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I could see kind of both those things too. I, it, it was just, it was a very interesting and kind of almost cryptic window into her as a character. And, um, so I was just curious as to what you, you guys thought of that scene. It, and it's a pretty stressful scene as well. Like the, like the car scene. And it happened. Yeah. I I was sweating. I was like, oh my goodness, like like she gonna die in the first like ten minutes of this movie? Right, right. I don't mean to laugh at you guys. It's just like, you know, obviously I've seen it a hundred times and and it's like, yeah, it is an incredibly stressful scene. Um and the train scene is too. 
that's yeah, yeah. That, that's what the train scene I found even possibly more alarming because it was less well, <laughs> it was less justified like, she wasn't going to move you know what I mean yeah. it just seems like and she doesn't move until the last or I guess Ren kind of like no she doesn't move at all yeah he, he uh, kind of tackles her out of the way right before the train comes and and it's like, I think, too, like the theme with her is she wants to escape, right? Like, you know, Rusty makes a comment like, I know you've like memorized all the bus schedules like out of this town. I think she just wants to escape. And even if that's death, you know, so yeah. be it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's interesting. This is um very much a, um, a teen rebellion story and, um a, a, you know, a not fitting in and wanting to get away and wanting to, to change the, the status quo of things. And, you, you know, has a, a youthful um rebelliousness to it but at the same time it's really not an angsty movie no it's a pretty it's a pretty exuberant joyful film for for being such a dark coming of age movie which is an interesting juxtaposition but it works no i love that about it like there's so Mm -hmm. much joy in this movie and there like i was hoping that the two of you would like it because it is like i mean it was the 80s there's just like this over-the-top excess of everything (laughs) but it's just like nothing will make me happier than like the dance montage at the end like ever like it makes me just smile like an idiot like (laughs) it's really a cathartic dance scene it It, it, it made me smile too i i was really into it at the end there well it goes back to like when he goes before the council and he's like you know dancing like there's a time to dance and it's like an expression of joy you know and that's totally yeah. what the end scene was and also can mm-hmm. we talk about their prom there were yes, like, please. Mm-hmm. like pies and cakes like all over the table it's like can yes. i be at this party like there's dancing and there's desserts i'm there <laughs> i'm already <Wow>. there <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> i I think it's funny too, like the montage at the beginning, like all the footwork. I mean, I love it. Yeah, I I liked it too because because it sets it up where like the emphasis is not on the faces, it's on the feet, and it's like you know the actors' feet, and even like the next scene, you don't see anyone, you hear like the voices from uh, John Lithgow preaching. Yeah. Mm And it's like really interesting how it's like, you know, it's a really jarring tonal shift that happens between the credits and the opening scene yeah, yeah there's this joyful movement and then just this stillness and the little yeah. kid who's like sleeping the dad has to like yeah. wake him up <laughs> yeah 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 and the girls do her nails while she's yes he's, he's yeah reaching and you're just like oh lord he's putting them to sleep well and again like i tell you like because i i went to a baptist church um you know through all of my life when i was back home and again not not unrealistic that depiction Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's very stuffy you know and it's very you know or my church was like kind of the fire and brimstone type oh, wow. thing so yeah maybe not to the, his to john lithgow's level but yeah he was pretty pretty hardcore but i feel like that was not terribly unrealistic either like i mean you know it was pretty he had a lot of i mean it was over the top but not in a way that i felt was like a caricature yeah no yeah yeah so it was and i thought he played the role the role well i don't know how you feel about him in general but i i know that 
like you said, Mary, you didn't really warm up to him. Yeah, I mean, he he played it well in the sense of, like, he's not likable, and I don't think he's supposed to be likable because he's just um, sort of this killjoy. I mean, I I feel Mm -hmm. like you're supposed to have some sympathy for him because his son Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, dies very young and very tragically. And, you know, he's trying to cling to this town to save it, like, as sort of this, you know, attempt to protect everyone but it's mm-hmm. like it still doesn't come across as sympathetic to me because he's just being so unkind to Ariel and to, you know, his wife mm-hmm. and just so rigid, you know what I mean? Right, right. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. So let's let's get into the soundtrack a little bit. Yes. So oh, yes. the soundtrack is maybe the thing that's remembered most about the movie. Um and the, the songs are still radio staples. Um do you guys I wanna know which songs in the soundtrack are your favorites oh my gosh that's a really hard question i love because i'm dramatic as hell i love holding out for hero i love it it's so dramatic and over the top that's Um, mary in a nutshell (laughs) bonnie tyler amazing and jim steinman wrote that song like jim steinman of meatloaf fame yeah and that's why it's so over the top and dramatic and you know just this operatic you know theatrical thing Mm mm-hmm and, and, and it's you know has tractors and you know yes races that would never happen in real life no i was telling nick this so again redneck as hell that would never happen because tractors cost more than cars pretty much like they're yeah. really expensive so that would never happen like you would get just murdered by your entire family i, I know tractor pulls are a thing yes but, but that's, that's not like dumping your tractor into a ravine right <laughs> it treats the tractor with some dignity that scene is stressful too because he gets his shoelace yeah. caught and everything yes. but i don't want to yeah. interrupt nick from saying his favorite track oh i think mine is let's hear for the boys i think that's such such a fun poppy r&b song i just love that song and i love the montage with the chris penn character learning how to dance and that's the thing you associate it with that scene and it's such a charming scene you know and i just love it because it's like and chris penn didn't know how to dance either so like yeah. it's really funny because we're watching chris penn learn how to dance but he's also learned how to dance as willard it's like <laughs> yeah. really funny and i just and i love how like they're just rocking out to um the song and it's just it's just so sweet and then you get to see him with the little girl dancing yeah and, it's super and him yeah. walking around the high school and i think my favorite part is when they're in the and the, like because i guess he's a wrestler yes in, in, and he was in in real life too i guess he wrestled in high school mm. um chris penn and like they dance and then they go into like wrestling it's just like it's so innocent and i don't know i liked it yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, it's manly, but at the same time, like, not in this toxic way. You know, they're just friends yeah. and hanging out and having a good time. There's nothing like, whatever. Yeah. There's, a, just... there's a really refreshing dearth of machismo in this movie. Yeah. Despite despite it being, uh, a, you know, heavily focused on male interpersonal relationships. You know, it doesn't get caught on all that stuff. Yeah. And then you hear that, like, really random song with... Um... Oh, what is her name um, from Heart? Um, oh, Anne oh, Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. And, is it Anne, Anne Wilson? And can, the guy, can I um, say, I, Eric yes. Carmen? Yeah. Or no, no, Eric Carmen wrote the song, Mike Reno. No, Mike, Mike Reno. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I had no idea that that song was from this movie. I've no. known that song for years. <laughs> and then when it came out, I was like, that, that's from this movie? 
Yes. I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't know for the longest time that um, Holden Out for Hero was this movie either. I was like, really? Oh, really? No, because I didn't see the movie. Um, but like, I mean, it just, I, I didn't associate it with this. Mm. Yeah, I was surprised to hear like Hurt So Good and Foreigner waiting for a girl like you, even yeah. though they're not in the proper soundtrack album, you know, they're still... I forget that they were very much of that time period, you know. They were radio staples, so it makes sense that they would be in the movie. Even Dancing in the Sheets, that just seems like such a weird choice for this movie, because that's what um, me and Mary were talking about yesterday, was that mm. we, we liked the, the eclecticness of, like, you have, like, the rock, um, pop, R&B, yeah. and it's all meshed together, and it works! It's, it's mm-hmm. like, it shouldn't work, but, I mean, if you think about a movie like American Graffiti, or those, like, jukebox musicals, like, it kind of does something similar as well. And, you know, I kind of like that it's all over the place. It's almost like this, like, top 40 um, friendliness to it. Mm-hmm. And, like, and this song, and the soundtrack has, I think, what, two number one hits, and then another yeah. one or two that went top ten. Like, this was a huge deal. It's still constantly in a classic rock and oldies radio. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. especially the title song. I mean... Yeah. Like, you can't go anywhere and not hear Footloose. Mm-hmm. And it's probably the song that... You can't even go to in. work and not hear Footloose. <laughs> well, yeah, that happened, and I had to record it because I was laughing. Because I was like, because I got a text from both you and Mary, and I'm like, I'm doing something. And I'm like, is that Footloose? And then I had to record it because I'm like, this is so ridiculous. But yeah, I love the soundtrack to this movie. because, And it's weird because my parents own the soundtrack to this, but like, it's weird. Like, I didn't see the movie. That's yeah. what, like, you baffled me when you told me that. It's just like, but so you must have felt like some familiarity with this, like, by oh, the time you course. watched it, right? Yeah, and I think that's what the conversation then went to was like, oh, wait, I didn't see Footloose. And then it has Sammy yeah. Hagar in it, too, I think, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like, right? Like, the girl, oh, yeah, okay. The girl gets around. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. oh the song God. is called, hold on, Stop. I have it. I, have I think it's called. Here. The girl I think gets it's around. called. Yeah. The girl gets around. Oh my yep. god. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the songs, choices, and then what's going on in the montages. It's so literal to almost like cheesiness, almost because it's like you know, I don't know. I will tell you. You brought up the thing about like the MTV era. It's like when music videos first started, they were so random. Like there was no like planning or you know like marketing kind of behind it and that's how this movie feels like they just sort of threw it together but it totally works like it's Mm -hmm. very organic that way yeah it's almost like it reminds me of like the mixtape era that would soon follow this wake you know it's very much a mixtape energy i will say the one song that i was not into and didn't care for was never (laughs) the moving picture song (laughs) i'm like this is the most this is the most generic Josh, you like never should hide song. your heart. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I hate to say it, the song that I didn't like either, and I know Uh-oh. I know Mary might get mad. I Uh-oh. didn't like the Shalimar song really. I don't know why. It's There's not something... that I like the Shalimar song. I just mostly love that the entire town can hear the yeah. you know, oh, the song. The, the scene going is on. pretty that it's in. It's using is pretty great. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? I thought it was called Dancing in the Streets, like the Martha. And the, I did too. Uh, Vandella song. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I looked at it really fast, and, and I'm thinking, like, oh, it's a cover of that song. And I'm like, oh, no, this is, like, uh, uh, 
some 1999 ripoff. Like, I won't say that I was like 38, 39 by the time I realized it was Dancing in the Sheets. (laughs) (laughs) But I was about 38 or 39. What I was telling you too, like I had friends like that um, Almost Paradise song at the end, like they thought the lyrics were a pair of dice, like, you know, that you would throw in a game. <laughs> like, so, a lot of yes, about gambling. lyrics. And, yes. <laughs> there was a lot of gambling in this movie with their lives. Well, Footloose too. I mean, they finally, they finally ended the dancing ban. Maybe Footloose too. they can end the gambling ban. <laughs> What do you guys think of the title song, like Footloose, the Great. Kenny Loggins song? Great, super catchy, super yeah. fun, I- iconic. Yeah, something I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that Kenny Loggins would produce, but it's, it's great. It's a perfect mood setting opening track. No, the, I definitely love it. Yeah, actually, and, and with along with you, Nick, my favorite song is also "Let's Hear it for the Boy." Is it for the boys or for the boy? It's singular for the boy. Right. Yeah. Oh, see, I wanted it to be boys because right I because there's two of them in the montage. Yeah, that I, you know, it's all about Chris Penn. That's I think what I'm boil, yeah. boil, boils down to. It is because he's trying. He's trying very hard. Right, and he's it's evolving. Such a, it's just such a sweet song. I like it, but yeah, like it's just it, it, you know what's really weird that I was thinking about too with this movie, and I figured I'd throw this out there is if you think about it, the '80s had like a lot, especially like '83, '84. Like you had like Flashdance and Beverly Hills Cop and movies yeah. like that that had soundtracks that had Dirty so Dancing yeah. many yeah like so many hit songs like I'm thinking Beverly Hills Cop because you mentioned the Pointer Sisters yeah the, the beloved Pointer Sisters and they had um, Neutron Dance but then you had like um, Patty La- oh God yeah Patty Labelle New Attitude you had um, all these great songs that are just on one single soundtrack yeah. and that's is the case in so many 80s soundtracks we did it right in the 80s baby yeah you really did mary <laughs> totally no new attitude though mary you gotta know that you're together. right it's interesting i've never like thought about it that way but you're right like a few of those soundtracks are Pretty just like pain, wild. breakfast club I, yes. you know the hughes films also were at, at tremendously popular soundtracks oh my god pretty in pink yeah, like there's yeah. there's so many like mm-hmm. new wave alt songs that are just like like it's amazing but i think it's just great how like it's eclectic like that's why i like this soundtrack a lot because i feel like it's just all over the place but it works in each of the montages and scenes that it, it's used in okay so you know who was set to direct this movie and i know as a film person you would find this like hysterical you know michael camino who did like yeah heaven's gate and Devin gate so <laughs> he is hilarious because he did heaven's gate and um heaven's gate in just in case no one knows it's like this like really notorious flop that was like a western it's like four hours and it like critics hated it it's a terrible to box office. and it destroyed the united the united artists studio basically it, it, it was it was such a flop that they lost all their money and went bankrupt from that one movie pretty much yeah, and then it, then it became like a cult hit years later, mm-hmm. and it's like it's I've never seen cool. it. I think we should do like a live feed of everyone watching, like or people <laughs> watching that because it's just like it's such a polarizing movie in so many ways. But anyway, he was he was asked to produce this movie or direct it, and you're just like, oh okay, like this guy just did like you know he ruined the studio, um, and so his proposal was to do a musical comedy but based on the grapes of wrath that's how he envisioned this movie which would like never Hmm. work a musical comedy based on the grapes of wrath 
I know. <laughs> a lot of dust, I think, would be in that movie. Like the Dust Bowl. <laughs> Soundtrack by Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Please don't get us started on Kansas. Oh my god. <laughs> That's like our inside joke. Um, oh god. Um, nothing wrong with Kansas, but yeah. Um, well, I'm just thinking Dust in the Wind. Oh, we are. Carry on, Weirwood Sun. It's just really weird how, like, when you hear about, like, who was going to make a movie or direct a movie, I think, like, that's so wrong. Like, yeah. it's like, we needed Kevin Bacon to just go in a factory, an abandoned factory, and just dance his ass off. Yeah, that's a really bizarre concept. I'm really glad they got Herbert Ross, because he really had, had the perfect touch for this movie. This was not his first musical, either, his first rodeo at musicals. He worked on Funny Girl back with Barbara Streisand. He was the choreographer for that. Yeah. And then, then he also went on to direct Steel Magnolias, which is a classic. Yes, of course. One of my favorites. Well, yeah. Uh, Steel Magnolias is one of my mom's favorite movies. And it's, it's, just like, it's too good. It, it really, it's one of those movies that's always on TV. And it's I'm going to say off. something that's going <gasps> to shock you. Shock he never y'all. saw it. He never saw it. I've only um, seen the play when my college did it. Okay. And Barry. I, I've read it, but I've never seen the actual film version of it. Okay, Barry, what are you going to say? Because that, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. You've hurt me this day. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, it has Dolly Parton in it. That shit loads. I know, I know, it's I so know. Good. There's so much, like, my Anne and I can have, like, an entire conversation and quotes from this movie. Like, it's just I, so This good. has got hair like a football helmet. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of hair, okay, can I just talk about some random for a sec that I, yeah. I noticed? Okay, so I thought to myself when I watched this last night, I thought to myself... Doesn't Kevin Bacon look a lot like Sting? And he kind of does in a weird yep. way. And then, like, I was reading up on, like, interviews he did. Like, I guess when the movie was coming out or whatever, or years later. And he inspired his haircut on Sting. Like, and then, mm-hmm. like, it, they make a, a police reference. And I love, that's, like, one of my favorite lines in the movie is when he says, You know Men at Work is a band? What? No? Wait, <laughs> I like the police. Wait, they're behind you. What I, I, I love that whole that whole banter. It's like it's everything. In that and movie. I love that the mom like throws out a Bowie reference too. Like when he's getting oh, yeah. ready for the first day of school, and she's like, "Oh, you know, you have time to look like David Bowie, you know, in college. Right. Basically, like you're going to get your ass kicked if you go to the school dressed like." Also, this hilariously, right how would somebody? Um, <laughs> how would she know who David Bowie is? Right. They don't even allow dancing, but she knows that David Bowie wears a tie. You know, <laughs> right oh yeah. my god well that was like before she became you know right but well it was before like they came down from chicago but his mom was cool like you know yeah. like she was telling yeah. her boss to like shove it basically when he was like you know that's true. better stay home because your kids are in trouble another piece of trivia you know who wanted to play the role of ariel and who auditioned oh, for it can, can i can i guess yes is it uh daryl hannah that was one of them and there was somebody else Oh, Ooh, intrigue. I don't know. Okay, wait a second. I think I could figure this out. Hmm. <laughs> okay, I won't say was anything. It Ros- wait, was it Ros- Ros- Rosanna Arquette? Nope. Was it Michelle Pfeiffer? Nope. <laughs> He's just going to name every blonde actress. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be here a while. <laughs> that That's all I know, Mary. No, I'm joking. Um, who is it, Josh? Madonna. Oh, Papa Don't Preach. Oh, that would have been weird. <laughs> That would have been, been really weird. weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh lord! I, yeah, I, mean, I couldn't see her doing that. Although that would be quite a case of art imitates life. Right. Art imitates reality. <laughs> right. 
Oh my god, Josh, that's terrible because it's true though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, oh, y'all. Oh my god. And, and I think I hate to say it, but Donna's, you know, not a good actress really. I mean let's just be for real. When I was little, for great. some reason, I was so obsessed with the movie Who's That Girl? Like, I saw it, like, a thousand times. And I'm like, Never wild. seen it. I love the song, though. Okay, but I know one thing that we definitely have to talk about is the glitter action at the end of this movie. <laughs> so Eric pointed this out to me, and I guess I had never noticed it. It looked like that it was, like, an effect added on at the end, at the party. Like, the sort of digital effect that there's yeah. this glitter raining down. And all I'm thinking is, somebody's got to sweep that up. Right. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Nobody's getting that out of everything ever. And it's in the flower factory. So hope you like glitter in your cakes and cookies. Yeah, it's like the most metallic <laughs> confetti. But it but you're right. It's like it's like unnaturally floating down from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's just constant. It never stops. It looks pretty. It does. But it does. it's a but very it's... strange effect. Um I will say, and I was telling you guys this, like, I need these teenagers to, like, come decorate my house. Because they had it looking pretty yeah, nice there at the end. Did. Like, all the lights and stuff, it looked very pretty. It yeah, did. and it took them no time to do it. Yeah. I just love that the glitter just didn't stop. Like, it went on for, no. like, several minutes. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I guess, like, just my naive Gen X 80s uh, fig, I just, like, always accepted. Like, it's just... Yeah, that's raining glitter down, and I just had never noticed it. <laughs> and, like, theoretically, that should have been, like, ankle deep by the time the scene was done. <laughs> it was so funny because I had a similar reaction to Mary. I kept thinking, like, all that food that they had, it's just going to be glitter. <laughs> You've got I glitter in your icing now. <laughs> like, edible confetti. I did love, like, the beginning of the dance is much more like like what a typical school dance is where everyone's just awkwardly standing on the side like that <laughs> yeah. was really what my school dances were like that's true with with dour expressions on their faces yes although it's so <laughs> gross i never like picked up on this the guy that like picks his nose like in the Ew. one scene like yeah why, like, yes, yes, why is yes. this necessary in life right like, right didn't need this and the, but the, but I think the punchline was that the girl that he's with his date notices that he did it when he yeah. takes the burger and like wipes it on his pant leg. Well, it's like, girl, <laughs> there's like pretty handsome leg dudes in this entire school apparently. <laughs> like, just go right. out with one of them that's not nasty. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even look that horrified by it. She just looked a little bit like, okay, he just did that. <laughs> that is and i love how like at the end you see um the wilford and the uh brand characters they finally stand up to those guys and they like they get their they 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 get their shit together and then they Mm. they dance and cut loose and so it's it's, i love the ending it's like how do you hate the ending to this movie like you've got to be a total cynic that's like yeah despise it it's really unbridled joy yeah Yeah, it is so i'm curious what is your favorite scenes both of you oh mary we didn't talk about my favorite line in the entire movie is when the little girl at the beginning says about kevin bacon he's a fox and i <laughs> i died but then i was like mortified the more i thought about it because that's like her cousin yes yeah, yeah and yeah. it's like a little weird kind of 
Eh, you know, at seven, maybe she's not thinking of those genealogy uh, kind of uh, a yeah. thing. She just sees her her handsome rogue uh, cousin coming her, in her, 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 her apparently foxy, hus- uh, f- foxy <laughs> husband. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like this husband. is a Louisiana, Nick. <laughs> no, like, it's like her cousin. I'm going to say cousin. Um, yes. It's so funny. Like, I was laughing so hard when I, I heard heart line, but then I was like, wait a sec, that's her cousin. Like, what? Yeah. Favorite scenes. Oh, that's tough. There's so many standout scenes. Um, you go first, Nick, while I think this over. I love, like, I keep saying it, but I love that montage scene of of Wilf, Wilford learning how to dance. It's just such a, a fun scene that, like, you know, and even, like, the scene where um, they're, they're in the bar and it, they play Hurt So Good. It's just it's a fun yeah. scene. Like, like I don't know. Like, I was going to pick that one too. The bar scene was a standout for me. And I, well, and I love when Sarah Jessica Parker, like she can't contain herself anymore. Like she has to get up and dance. Like, you know, and yeah. that scene, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first time too, you see like the Wilford character, like have like be like, not more of a man, but like, he's definitely like standing up for himself a little. Yeah. And, and it's like, cause like, it's not like he's like a weak character by any means. He's just like, he's a teenager. Like he's, He's shy. He's bashful. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't that scene. In a more dramatic scene that, that stood out for me was towards the end where um, where she confronts her dad. Where Ariel yes. confronts her dad. That was, was another big standout one for me. Too. I'm, I'm not, not even a virgin. virgin <laughs> yes. <laughs> Praise he, Jesus. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought Laurie Singer did do a bit of great acting in that scene. Like She was yeah. really good and very effective. That was, uh, I think that was uh, the, the high point of her acting there. I, I do think she did well there, too. Yeah. Willard's kind of like, is what we would call in the South a good old boy. Like, he doesn't want to start trouble. He just wants to do yeah. his thing. So, right, right. I love this cowboy hat, too. When he wore it, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I was just like, okay, we'll go for this. Yeah. I love that he was kind of, when he first met Ren, he was kind of testing him. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, before they came friends, he had kind of had to feel him out a little bit. <laughs> and then Ren very quickly held his own. <laughs> and then it made Kevin Bacon a huge star. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Huge breakthrough role. So thank uh, goodness for Tom Cruise doing all the right moves because now we get Kevin Bacon. Well, I also read that John Travolta was up for that part too. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. That was no. not the reaction I was expecting. No, no, no. <laughs> because like, no, no, no. Because like, okay. So he was a teenager like 10 years before. I'm like, welcome back, Cotter. Yeah. yeah How yeah. would this work? No, no, nothing against John Travolta. I mean, I like Saturday Night Fever. It's a great <laughs> the movie. The fact that he's like 40. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it was really <laughs> weird to begin with that. Like, Kevin Bacon's like, what, 25 when this is yeah. And like, John Travolta's like, I don't know, like 30 something. Like, come on. <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm sorry, Josh. I didn't mean to sound that. No, no, no. <laughs> He's like, I love John Travolta, but ew. Right. <laughs> it could have been worse. It could have been Tom Cruise. Right, right. Oh my god. I do love the end when like Ariel and everyone are freaking out about Willard knowing how to dance so well because they like, they can't even get over it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's good at it. Like you know, yeah, someone that didn't know how to dance in real life, and that he didn't know in the movie. I thought he was really great at it. He was yeah. great. Like, it's some, I will say, and I love dancing um, 
like I'm not good at it. I just like to watch it. <laughs> uh, some of the dancing is so difficult and athletic. And I mean, I know they used yeah. a lot of um, dancing doubles and stuff. Oh my God, it, they used four in that yeah. abandoned factory yeah. scene alone. Like that, that choreography is hard. It's really hard. Um, I, I kept getting like anxiety when I was watching that too, because like, he's just like jumping down in places and you're oh, just yeah. like, you're like, how does he know? Like, <laughs> He's gonna like get get hurt, and of course it's Kevin Bacon. He's not gonna get hurt. Of course not. <laughs> and then the scene also where he's um doing like the the bars, yes, sitting on the bars is like whoa. Obviously, that's obviously probably not Kevin Bacon, but yeah, it was still pretty cool, and it but showed yeah. how athletic he was. I love the um the break dancer like at the end and stuff, you know, in the final scene, and the kid mm. that's kind of like popping and locking and stuff like is really <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah. But yeah. I think what was interesting, too, about the dancing is that when Kevin Bacon took on the role, apparently he didn't think it was going to be that intensive. Like, I think he kind of just likes it, like, oh, I can do it, I can do it. And he does do, like, a lot of his own dancing in the movie, like, like the more traditional stuff. But, like, you know, like the factory scene, for example, like, oh, hell sure. no. He need, like, four four people for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's no way. Like, that, like, that takes, like, years of practice. Yeah. So, so I think we've covered a lot of ground and I kind of want to bring this all home with something that Mary had mentioned to us over a text when we were kind of putting this together and um, you, you wanted to share something. So, yes, I've talked about my hometown. Um, it's an incredibly small town in Louisiana. And once again, I, when I talked about this town, I usually say my life was like footloose, but without the dancing. Like, and so my, my aunt, she obviously grew up in the same town and she was telling me, she's like, I have kind of like a footloose thing that happened all blase. And I'm, and I asked her, cause I told her I was coming on here. I was like, you need to tell mm-hmm. me like what this is. So she wrote back and it was so amazing. I don't know if you want me to like read it verbatim. Uh, it's up to you if you want to you don't have to but she wrote back and she said so the footloose story is this in the history of the school dating back to the 30s there had never been a prom or any kind of school dance instead of a prom the juniors would host a banquet for the seniors and it was always in the lunchroom at school the no dance rule was mainly because i'm going to redact some names here but ms l hiller of the baptist church was so set against it with the church being across from the school, and this is true, the church is like directly across from the school I went wow. to. Um, <laughs> everyone just went along and never questioned it. The Pentecostal families were, of course, also in agreement. When we started our junior year in 1973, my friends and I decided on the first day of school that we were having a prom. Of course, Mrs. L got wind of it, had us hauled into the school office where the principal, mm-hmm. who would never take a stand on anything, was in full agreement. We kept asking why, and the best they could come up with was that the school would not sanction it nor provide any funds for it, and we could not have a prom at school. So we said, fine, we'll raise the money and have it off campus. They tried all year to block us, but there was no justification or rule that they could legitimately apply. So apparently my grandmother and my mom, who taught at the school, um, and several other teachers backed them up. She said, so we did 
We did car washes, bake sales, and raise the money. They even tried at one point to confiscate the money. We had it at the Capitol Hilton, which is close to the, um, you know, the Capitol in Baton Rouge and is right on the river. And from that point forward, proms were held every year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so my, and I was That's like, amazing. how have you been withholding this from me right, for like 40 right. years? This is amazing. And like, this is probably like one of the reasons that I got to have school dances. Like, so I just love my aunt. That's incredible. Little, yeah. As I told you guys, like, yes, all the women in my family are like shit stirs, like, <laughs> including <laughs> me. So I loved this love so it. much. Yeah. And it just, um, it's tough when you're from a town like this. I mean, there's a reason I moved away and live yeah. elsewhere, but yeah, I thought the story was so amazing and it took so much moxie and I loved it. It was so similar yeah. to like the plot of the movie. So. Yes. Never... Oh, that was like, that was, couldn't have been more accurate. <laughs> yeah. Have like, been more they on, did, like bake on, sales yeah, and yeah. stuff. I loved it. It's such a Southern thing to like have a bake <laughs> sale or something. So, I but love, yeah. I love that story so much. It's just like, it's just everything. It's like, yeah. I, and, and I can see why you have this connection to Footloose. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just like, yeah, and my aunt's a pretty cool lady. Um, so I think anyway. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I hope she listens to this. <laughs> oh, she will. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I'll be sure to edit some things out then. <laughs> oh no, we're we're not dissimilar. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> But yeah, so I thought it Thank was really cool. Thank you for sharing cool. that. Yeah, that absolutely. Awesome. No, I was so thrilled when she emailed me that back. It's like, are you kidding me? How have we not talked about this before? <laughs> so. <laughs> Mary, where can we find you out so on you, the social media world? So you can find us at Hall Watchers. We're on Twitter and Facebook, and it's just Hall Watchers. So come join us for some music chat, rock hall chat. Excellent. Yeah, so it's a great podcast. So if you're, uh, if you're not a listener, definitely subscribe and rate and give them a listen. And uh, Nick, how about you? And by the way, Hall Watchers is totally my favorite music. Aww, yes. I, and they're just amazing. Eric and Mary. We all know Aww. that. Yeah. Um, well, my my name is Nick and my Twitter handle is at Nick D. Bambach, and I run the audiovisual repository blog. New blogs are coming. It's just been a crazy summer. So you know yeah. well you put so much deep thought into your writing and like, you know, research and stuff. Like your writing is so great. You're one of yeah. my favorites. Big it love is. fest oh. over here. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Mary. Yeah. I, and I concur with all the statements, definitely. Uh, and um, Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And uh, for me, if you want to follow my personal Twitter handle, handle, it is at Josh F618. And you can also follow the podcast at Rock Movies Pod. Um, you can email me at movies at rockpod at gmail.com. Um, and also please leave a review at Apple Podcasts. If you're a listener, if good or bad, it <laughs> doesn't matter to me as, as long as you are, you are honest in your feelings. <laughs> um, keep it real. Stars. Right, right. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your opinion is as long as it's five stars. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but it does help people find the show and, and it very much appreciate it. So thank you guys again so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. It was really fun. Thank you for the movie suggestion, Mary. I really yeah. Thanks for it. having me on. I'm glad you guys liked it. Of course, no, yeah. Thank, thank you, Mary, for introducing us to the world of Footloose. Yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely watch it again, and I'm and I'm sure I will in the not too distant future. Oh, Go. I'm definitely going to be on YouTube and watching some of those montages. Oh yeah, yeah. we need matching dance your ass off shirts now. Yeah, oh, how did we not talk about that? <laughs> Dance your ass off.
Yeah. <laughs> oh no, but thank you, Mary, because it was it was wonderful talking. Oh, to good. Both I'm of glad. You. Yes. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, bye, guys. Bye. Bye.